One thing uh, I do, if I recall correctly, uh, when I was talking to Theo and Brittany, I do think for those of us who who, who aren't, you know, necessarily the racing sort, uh, um, I, I think I think there is a walk of, uh, connected to that as well. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit shorter, and and um, I think they have people you know, pushing strollers and whatnot and, as well. So if you're not a not a not a big racer type. Uh, um, I do think there are opportunities if you'd like to support what they're doing to do that as well. You just need to check it out and get the information. So before we uh, jump into the Word, uh, for the last couple of weeks, in your seats, we've had little uh, memory work cards for you. Uh, we're in the middle of a series we're calling Connected, about the importance of community and connectedness in the body of Christ. And together, we've been trying to memorize Romans 12:5. Hopefully, you've been working on that some. But uh, just before I jump into what I have for you today, can we just walk through that together? It's up on the screen if you haven't memorized it yet. But Romans 12:5, can we say it together? So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Romans 12, 5. Praise the Lord. So I, don't, I didn't even look to see if you were reading or memorizing or doing that from memory. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to memorize that, I would encourage you to work on that. Today in your sheets, you've got a different card, and I'll refer to that in a little bit. But don't think that it's the same thing you had the last couple of weeks. This is a little something different. I've mentioned to you before, I'm going to mention it to you again, though, over the course of the last, for actually some time now, uh, the Lord's really been impressing upon me that, that we're not ready. The people of God aren't ready. We're not ready uh, to face the challenges that I believe are inevitably coming in the world. I don't believe we're ready to be in and for the world what the world needs us to be. With all my heart, I believe 2020 was a practice test for the church. And I believe we failed uh, pretty substantially. Uh, in the face of a, a global pandemic, a rancorous uh, election cycle, and uh, just chaotic social upheaval, those things came together in 2020 to create a quintessential opportunity for the people of God to rise up as the people of God, to step into the chaos, to step into the confusion with truth and light and love, with the good news of God, of the good news of Jesus, the love of God manifesting the kingdom of God, to bring hope and healing and sense into the mess. And yet, time and time again, when I looked around in 2020, I found, I found Christians just simply getting sucked into the chaos and the confusion, picking sides and joining in the yelling. I believe we failed the practice test. The bottom line is the final exam is coming, and it will be more difficult than the practice test. And we have got to change. We must grow up. And the connectedness God has called us to in the church is mission critical to seeing that happen. Last week, Pastor Matt uh, shared uh, about the desperate need to be planted in the church, to be planted among the people of God. He shared that, that to do that, we've we got to surrender our right to just pop up and move on, to pop up and run away anytime we want to. You must be planted. We must be planted in the church. If we're not planted in the church, then we can't get to those deep, secret, needy places in your lives. If you're not planted, if you're still kind of in, in, in a pot, then, then your roots are all bound up and tangled together and they're protected by that pot and no one can touch them and no one can get to them and that is inhibiting your growth and development as a follower of Jesus, your growth and development as a representative of God. So this morning I want to focus for a few minutes on the crucial role 
community plays in your growth and development as a follower of Jesus and as a representative of God. Here at Resurrection Church, our We Are Committed core value statement uh, uh, begins uh, this way. And again, this is part of what you have in your seat there. And I want you to take that and look at that, refer to it throughout the course of this week. We believe individuals only reach their full potential in relationship with God and others. In other words, we believe we are connected, at least in part, to grow. We are connected to help each other, to help each other grow up, to help each other improve, to help each other mature in the Lord. And with that thought in mind, would you stand with me, please, as you're able to do that? And we're going to read together Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 15 as we get moving today. Ephesians 4, 11 to 15. If you're with me here in the Center for New Life, I'll read the plain text. If you'll join me in reading the highlighted portions, if you're worshiping with us virtually, just read the text as it pops up there on the screen. We'll walk through the passage together. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. This is what the Bible says. It was he, that's Jesus. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will uh, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and you may be seated. At Resurrection Church, if you check it out on our website, if you check it out on our app, if you check it out on the little bitty card sitting there in your seat, we believe individuals only reach their full potential in relationship with God and with others. Individual you, individual me, are inescapably in need of corporate us. God designed it to work that way. God designed you to work that way. And that brings us to the Ephesian passage we just read together. The background of the passage is the Apostle Paul calling God's people to unity and maturity. Calling God's people to connectedness and maturity because those two things work together. In verse 13, he directly links unity and maturity, suggesting that we will only be truly mature once we come into unity in the faith and in our knowledge of Jesus. In verse 14, Paul makes the point that when we are immature, when Christians are immature, they flip and they flop all around and they are easily, easily manipulated by others. And then that brings us to verse 15, where Paul writes, Instead, instead of being immature, Instead of flipping and flopping around, instead of being easily manipulated, instead of being in disunity, instead of being disconnected, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will 
Grow up in Him, in all things grow up in Him who is the head, that is Christ. Verse 14 makes it clear, God doesn't want any of us to be infants in Christ, tossed around back and forth by all the stuff flying around in the world. And yet the truth of the matter is, that's where a tremendous amount of the church is right now. A new study just released a couple of weeks ago revealed that, that uh, 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 of 18 to 35-year-olds self-professing evangelical Christians, not just self-professing Christians, not just 18 to 35-year-olds, but 18 to 35-year-old young self-professing evangelical Christians, 60% do not believe Jesus is the only way to God. And they're professing evangelical Christians. 60%. I recently told uh, one, one of my microgroups, I, I don't have any interest whatsoever in trying to build a megachurch. My desire is to, to build and be a part of a church where the people are equipped and the people are trained and the people are ready to very possibly be among the very last Christians in the world. To understand that political power is not the answer. That homosexual sex is a sin. That Jesus is the only way to peace with God. That the Bible is the written word of God and you can trust it. Listen to me. The church is in trouble. And we have got to grow up in Jesus. And according to the plan of God, we are connected to grow. And so, Resurrection Church, we believe individuals only reach their full potential in relationship with God and others. Our, we are connected. Vision statement, uh, a mission statement goes on to say this. In community, we commit and let me stop right there, because those words are a big deal. We commit. If you're a member of Resurrection Church, for those of you who are members of Resurrection Church, this is a big deal, because what follows the words we commit is a commitment you're expected to keep. So one of our core values is a commitment that's meant to bind us together as a unique expression of the people of God. It's a commitment that is meant to be shared by each one of us in this fellowship so that each one of us in this fellowship can count on each other to keep that commitment. Now, let's be clear. These core values are a statement of ideals. They represent what we believe. They represent what we aspire to. Just because they're written down doesn't mean we always get them right. But because they are written down, it does mean we should be striving toward them. And so this little card says, in community, we commit to the hard work of communication, patience, and forgiveness. We share our lives, deal with conflict quickly, 
and kill gossip before it breeds. Because we believe everyone needs a Savior, we genuinely love people in spite of their flaws. I tell you, I believe an awful lot of people in the world today want to be a part, want to be a part of a community like that. But I am telling you, Resurrection Church, you have been called to build a community like that. One of the things I really love about this particular explanation of this particular core value is the acknowledgement that community is hard work. But we commit to it anyway. We commit to the hard work of community. We commit to the hard work of connectedness. We commit to the hard work of communication and patience and forgiveness. And with that in mind, I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about the hard work of communication in community. Because when it comes to helping each other grow up in Jesus, a key part of the communication necessary for that is the communication of the truth in love. Just as it talks about in Ephesians 4.15. Instead, Paul writes, again, instead of being immature, instead of being tossed around, instead of letting one another get tossed around, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And my experience is that Christians talk a lot about speaking the truth in love. But I want to make sure this morning you get the context of that. Because it says here that we will grow up in Jesus. We will grow up in Christ. We will mature in the Lord as we speak the truth in love to one another. And I want to suggest to you the exact opposite is also true. We will not grow up in Jesus. We will not grow up in the Lord if we don't speak the truth in love to each other. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. In other words, you should be able to count on your friends to tell you hard things, including sometimes hard things about yourself. You should be able to count on your friends to tell you stuff that might hurt on occasion, but that you really need to hear anyway. So one of the reasons why on two separate occasions recently I have urged you to ask two trusted Christian friends to tell you what they think you need to be working on in your life. Because I am convinced from the Scripture that you cannot grow up like you need to. That you will not grow up like you need to, unless we have people speaking truth to each other 
in love, unless you have someone speaking truth to you in love. In the Greek text here, in the original, the verb here comes from a noun, a Greek noun, aletheia. It refers to truth as that which corresponds to reality. In other words, it is truth as the opposite of or as opposed to an illusion. Unfortunately for you, you live in a world of illusion. You live in a world of lies that lies to you over and over again. That lies to your face, lies over your social media account, that lies over the news, that lies in television and movies, that lies and lies and lies to you. You live in a world of illusion, not to mention the sad fact that we often lie to ourselves. We excuse things in ourselves that we would quickly condemn in others. We twist the facts. We parse our words so we can excuse or obscure or somehow justify what at the end of the day is simply sin. Sometimes we do it with our eyes wide open. We know we're covering for ourselves. Sometimes we genuinely deceive ourselves. As our failings remain safely hidden from us in the darkness of our blind spots. And make no mistake about it, we all have blind spots. The scary thing about blind spots is you don't see that you have them. You're blind to them. You need someone to point them out. Any decent driver's ed uh, teacher will tell you, a car that's in your blind spot, a car that's right there but you don't see it, is a tragedy waiting to happen. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. You should be able to count on your friends to tell you hard things. And your friends should be able to count on you to tell them the same. Christians in community do not just leave each other alone when someone's not doing well. When they're ready to make bad decisions, when they're living in self-deception, when they're about to head off into sin. I try to impress this with my own children all the time. As a Christian, it is simply not enough that you try to do the right things. As a Christian, you must help others try to do the right things as well. And that means speaking up when that's not what's going on. And let me be super clear. I am not talking about what you do on your blogs, what you do on your Instagram, what you do on your Facebook. That's not speaking the truth in love. That's hiding behind a Facebook account and blasting stuff into the ether sphere. That's not what I'm talking about. And that's not what the Bible is talking about. Listen, it is hard to walk through this world the way God wants you to. Anybody can be tempted. Anybody can be deceived. 
From time to time, every single one of us needs a faithful brother or sister in Christ to lovingly call us on our stuff, to sit us down and tell us the truth. From time to time, you are going to need someone to love you enough to sit you down and to point out to you what is completely obvious to everybody else but has somehow managed to escape your notice. The bottom line is, if we're going to grow up in Jesus, we must do the hard work of community, and that includes the hard work of speaking the truth in love. Three quick practical things as I close. Number one, if we're going to get this right, we must stop making excuses for why we're not doing this. People come to me all the time. Sometimes they come to me and they'll be upset or they'll be hurt or they'll be angry or they'll be complaining about someone else. They're concerned about someone else, frustrated with someone else. And I always tell them, you need to go to that someone else. You need to take your concern or your frustration or your hurt and you need to take it to them. And almost every time I say that, I hear the same thing back. It won't make any difference. They won't listen. They won't care. It will only make them angry. It will only make things worse. I hear that objection and I understand the concern but the bottom line is that is an unbiblical objection it is an unbiblical way of thinking as a Christian you do not have the freedom to only do things you think will work as a Christian you have an obligation to do the things God says and God says By speaking the truth in love to one another, we help each other grow up in Jesus. Number two, speaking the truth in love means speaking the truth in love. It means what it says. It means love matters, and you really need to do it in love. And I noted to you just a few weeks ago that love is patient. Love is kind. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And love is all of those things because love puts the other person ahead of yourself. What's the point? The point is that some people, what some people call speaking the truth in love, is really just saying hard things to people. And the Bible doesn't call you to that. It's some, for some of you, it's just saying hard things to people because you're really bothered by something or, or because you've really been hurt or because you're really angry or because you're trying to get something or because maybe you just get your jollies from putting people in their place. But that has nothing to do whatsoever with love. And so it's not fulfilling the command of Ephesians 4.15. Speaking the truth in love means you have to love. It means your heart and your motive are crucial. If you're still fuming over something, it's probably not the right time to go. If you're still hurting desperately over something, probably not the right time to go. If you've got this holier-than-thou thing going on, probably not the right time to go. You need to deal with your hurt. You need to deal with your anger. You need to deal with your holier-than-thou-ness before you try to speak the truth in love. Jesus said, look, you've got to get that plank out of your eye before you go trying to poke your finger in somebody else's eye. Number three, and I close with this. In terms of growing up in Christ, 
unavoidable corollary of speaking the truth in love is hearing the truth in humility. We're talking here about a commitment to the hard work of community. The hard work of sharing hard things with people because you love them and want to see them get better. And the hard work of being willing to listen when people share hard things with you. In fact, the truth is, if you are genuinely serious about growing up in Jesus, you need to cultivate the habit of asking people to speak into your life. Begging people to speak into your life. Asking for input. Asking for feedback. And asking before you go make decisions. Some people come to me all the time and say things like that. Hey, hey, I've decided to quit my job and move to Calcutta. What do you think? And the truth is, you're not asking me what I think. You're telling me what you've done. And you're asking me to say, amen. You're not asking for counsel. You're not asking for input. You're, You're not asking for anything. You're telling me you've already made a decision. And and even if I tell you the truth, I think that's insane. You're not terribly likely to change your mind because you've already made up your mind. Probably already started selling your furniture. The corollary to speaking the truth to love is being willing to hear the truth in humility. And a wise person who wants to grow up in Jesus will ask people to do that for them. The hard work of communication in community The kind of communication that helps us grow up together in Jesus includes the hard work of honestly seeking honest input, of wanting the truth to be spoken to you, and of being humble enough to hear it. We have got to change. We have got to We did not do well on the practice test, and the final exam is coming. We must grow up as the people of God. We are here to help each other do that. May God help us as we do. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. As always, for the power and the clarity of your word. Lord, your word that tells us the truth in love. Your word that calls us up into high places in Christ Jesus. Your word that calls us up into what we were created to be in the first place. Lord, help us grow up as your people. Help us plant ourselves firmly and deeply in your church and then love each other enough to listen and to share and to grow up together. And through it all, I pray in Jesus' name that you make us the people you've called us and created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I encourage you to take the little card with you. You don't, I mean, you can memorize the statement if you want to. That's not a memory card. It's just a, a reference card. Uh, uh, if you haven't memorized Romans 12, 5, I do encourage you to do that. Um, but I pray that we, we grow in these things together because I believe they are crucial. These aren't, I, am I, I am com- committed to the conviction that these aren't just messages Pastor Matt and I are, you know, saying some stuff. But that these are crucial instructions from the Lord. We're going to continue to worship uh, the Lord this morning. We're going to worship the Lord as we uh, uh, sow our tithes and offerings into the work of God. I encourage you to be faithful in that, in that, in that uh, active 
that, that discipline of giving, that act of worship and giving, uh, tithes and offerings to the work of God. Then we're going to worship the Lord as we meet Jesus in holy communion. I encourage you to prepare your hearts to give the offering, prepare your hearts to receive at the Lord's table. The Lord is with you.